not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 Hey, everybody. Welcome to Beyond, episode 514. Uh, my name is Marty. I'm joined by Alana. Hi. And Andrew. Last week we got to to go on a nice little date, and now this week you're just sitting in between us. Yeah, I'm sorry for breaking it up. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, it was an order from Steve. He was like, please sit between. Please, yeah. please, at it. please destroy the sexual tension <laughs> between Andrew and Marty. Yeah. Uh, we have a good show for you guys today. Uh, we play. I've played a ton of Shadow of War, uh, so we're going to finally talk about that. Uh, we all got to dive a little bit into the Battlefront 2 beta, I believe. Uh, Alana recently played a game called Echo, which just came out for PSN, which seems really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to talk about the fact that in 2017, microtransactions and loot boxes have been become sort of a topic du jour that uh, we're going to unpack a little bit. And then finally, uh, we want to talk about Bethesda's uh, Wolfenstein 2 marketing and then sort of a uh, bigger topic about sort of games being political. Which I think is pretty cool. I like uh, that it sounded like you said Michael transactions. Yeah, Michael transaction. Yeah. Yeah. Michael yeah, Zaki you, transactions. That was you, the Dark Souls DLC. You buy a gift for your friend Michael. Yeah, yeah. transaction. I don't have any friends. Do we have any friends you don't have any friends named Michael. I have Mike Ransky. Yeah, Mike Ransky. Yeah, I never bought him a gift. Uh, not some friend you are. Yes, not a very good one. Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk about Shadow War. That's a big game yeah. this week. Uh, you guys got to watch me play about an hour of it for a Let's Play yeah, for our and YouTube I have channel. Played like in total like two hours because mm-hmm. there was so many previews for that game that yeah. I'm still amazed that it was ever delayed. Yeah, right. I um, don't know that it needed to be. I mean, it was only delayed like a month and a half, two months. Uh, but yeah, I've put, I think, about 25 hours into it. I think I'm almost done with the campaign. Uh, I like it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, as someone who, like, I think all of us enjoyed the first Shadow of War yeah. or Shadow of Mordor, but it's one of those games that I loved in the moment, but I had, didn't really think about afterwards. Like, I thought about the Nemesis system and how I wished that was a thing more games took from, which I feel like we've talked about on this show. Yeah, sort of ad nauseum. I, I liked the, the combat, <laughs> but that was iterative of something, and so was the climbing. So it was like, it didn't have a really, really strong identity to me, except that it was in Middle Earth. Yeah, I mean, it totally wears its gameplay inspirations on its yeah, sleeve, whether from Assassin's Creed, awesome. Batman, Arkham. Yeah, um, but it does some different things, and, and one of the things it does here is uh, it feels much more RPG-ish than, uh, than Shadow of Mordor did, and then either of the any of the other games, except for Assassin's Creed Origins, which is interesting, because yeah. I played about four hours of Origins, and this is reminding me a ton of of that mm-hmm. in terms of uh, like sort of the loot drops and uh, the upgrade system and how it feels like that that single player MMO experience where you're getting epics and legendaries and rare items and, and you want to equip purple things and yellow things yeah. and slowly raise a core number up, which is a lot like how we were talking about Destiny a week or two ago. Yeah, and I think the skill tree is also a hell of a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. There are a lot more skills and kind of more specific skills. Like one of the things I really like is a double jump. Is that, is that a skill? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like what that's, that's like a traversal skill that you can unlock yeah. and then uh, there are just like a lot of combat skills and different things that are orientated for both you but then all of the people that you can recruit when you're like trying to overtake a siege or something kind of have their own buffs as well yeah so there's it just seems like there's a lot more option there is a ton of depth in this that uh it's there's like small things that i even 25 hours into it will notice like we were playing the game today and i didn't realize i could have specific orcs that I've dominated and then put in positions of power, which just seems like a really weird Whoa. sentence. Uh, I didn't realize I could then have them train and gain certain buffs or certain things which help them either in defending a siege or in taking on a, a, a new city and, and taking over. It seems like a lot of... like I don't know. I, I haven't actually played it, but watching it, it seems like a lot of the same stuff, just kind of maybe a little deeper. 
Yeah, it definitely it similar. It feels even story wise. It it I don't know without sounding pejorative. It's it feels like uh, Shadow of Mordor one point five. Like it doesn't feel like a monumental leap forward in any ways. Like all the systems feel like they're pushed a little bit further. And I like the fact that when you begin the game, you either have or very quickly get a lot of the powers you had at the end game of the first game. Yeah, like doesn't do that Symphony of the Night thing where death mm-hmm. comes along and is like I took everything and you're like oh, well oh, that was a great death dude. Thank wow. you. Yeah, I've been practicing great. that one for a while. Yeah. Um, uh, but you also this time around have a positive nemesis system which i like a lot yes because the first game obviously was like the people that you would fight if they won they would rank up or whatever this has that for people you've recruited yes so it's like you're building your own army and i think that that's a thing that i could like if it were my save file i could get really attached yeah. to like, the people that i was building up well and you do cool things that has sort of uh like the multiplayer in uh hat. in phantom Pain. yeah there's a really good guy with a hat we haven't because fi- that, that let's play will be up on Thursday. there you go so we, haven't we haven't quite we haven't quite figured out why certain times you pause the game and there's just random orcs there and there was an orc with like a real like a foppy Hat, I wonder like if a real dandy boy in a certain area that has a bunch of power, or like maybe it was like the last major I orc I'd yeah. interacted with. But I wouldn't remember that man with that hat. Yeah, hey, what did, maybe what, maybe that was the man I interacted with like last night when I played the game. What do you name him, Andrew? You can't name the characters anything, which is Andrew's can, biggest fault. Name whatever you want. I can name this water bottle Kevin. You can absolutely name the water bottle Kevin. Going back to what I was it talking have about, a naming convention. It's different. Uh, but uh, so the multiplayer in the game feels like Phantom Pain, where you are building. It's like building Mother Base, but you are building these uh, so fortresses. Tie balloons to people. And uh, yeah, there are there are actually balloons in the game. No, there's not. Um, I lied to you. Um, but you are building your uh, your base up and you're fortifying it and adding specific people to it who uh, then your friends can sort of offline or while you're offline uh, try to take over your fortress. Oh, yeah. That happened when we loaded up the save. You're like, it was like John, John Ryan. Ryan. Yeah. But there's also cool things like if a specific orc kills you all of a sudden in someone else's game, there'll be like a, I think it's called like a redemption quest or a revenge quest and that'll come up and I can like redeem Andrew's death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you Thanks, like man. the multiplayer? Uh, well, the one thing is I was playing most of it pre-release, so not True. a lot of people were online, but like the game's finally out in the wild now and I was seeing all of a sudden I got a bunch of notifications. So it's tomorrow though, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's out internationally already. True. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sort of intrigued to see, uh, how that goes. I think certain things I don't like is it's still, it, it suffers from that Assassin's Creed thing where it so often I feel like it's not doing what I want it to do. I'll stick to a ledge or I won't be able to climb down or I won't be focusing on the enemy I want. You got stuck in at a certain point. Yeah. So it's like a little bit glitchy. Yeah. It seems like like it's collapsing a lot of actions onto a single button and so it's not, you're not doing the one thing you want. No, totally. Which has been a problem with this genre since Assassin's Creed sort of created it. Um, And I don't know when you, who's going to solve that because I think there's just too much going on to actually solve it. damn it, Ezio, a lot of times trying to find things in Assassin's Creed gotten better like i think syndicate was the best feeling game it, it had the 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 feeling of horizontal and both like vertical up and down traversal really well um but that's still a problem i also i don't think the story's all that interesting in the game um i like some of the characters and i like the uh the, like stories that pop up with the weird orcs they just have they all have a ton of weird quirks yeah, that are really interesting. There's, I really a, guy like named, the personality. Yeah. There's a guy named Lookout who just went, "Look out!" Yeah, he kept yeah, screaming, really "Look out!" And then really there'll just be orcs it. on fire in the middle of cutscenes, like yeah. going by. Uh, they all have different strengths and weaknesses, and like different things that enrage them. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the same as the first one, though. Um, but the one thing that I liked the most from the demo I played was, a, I played a really cool story mission with just like an insane boss fight that felt like very law heavy yeah like and a lot more dense than i feel like they were in the original yeah, but yeah. also i really like the siege stuff mm-hmm. so that's like you 
see all of these different sieges, you have the opportunity to approach them. And once you like kind of engage in one of these siege overtakes, what are they called? Is there a name for those kind of missions? Uh, I think they are called sieges, actually. It's just sieges. Yeah. And uh, you pick which of your buddies, I don't know, what are they called? I think you're like lieutenants. Like it's pretty much the 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 Urukai that you've dominated, and the higher you level up, the more you can assign to specific roles. And yeah. in, within those roles, you could be like, "All right, you are commanding beasts, and so you can then yes. upgrade." They command like the little warg guys, or they get dragons, or they get giant trolls. And then like sometimes the beasts can have buffs and stuff. Yeah. So you bring those Buff into beasts. the siege with you. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then they capture points with you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have to capture the point? They like can take everyone out and you have to go finish the capture though, right? Yeah. Yeah. You have to be the one to plant the flag. But then sieges are easier if you do the submissions beforehand, which take out the sort of commanding officer orcs. So if you try to do a siege from the get go and there's four commanding officers, like there's going to be a ton of like high level dudes. Whereas if you take out the officer that's in charge of the wolves, then you don't have to worry about wolves. Or if you take out the dragon master, then you don't have to worry about the dragon. You have to like do some kind of intel or recon to like figure out who those are? Or- uh, yeah, you can do intel or you can assign, like there's just a lot of depth and you can assign a uh, Urukai that you've dominated to become a spy and infiltrate for one of these dudes. And then when you get to that mission, the guy will come out and then your guy will just come back behind him and slit his throat. Right. And it's like, oh, that was great. Yeah. And then also I've had these moments where... Like, you can kind of make it as easy or as hard. Yeah, as totally. Um, and everything feels like I like the loop of the game and you're continually upgrading uh, the character and upgrading the inventory and, and collecting these items that, that are slowly inching you forward and, and kept me playing and like every 10 minutes I'd be like oh, I want to do something else oh I want to do something else which again reminded me of you know Destiny a little bit ago yeah and so then with the sieges I wanted to mention like when you actually and my keeps falling down when you actually get inside of like the castle building there's a boss fight in there yeah and the boss fight that I played was really really they're tall. super tough yeah super fun yeah. because you're like trying to dominate all of these people to get help from yeah. them and sometimes you have to like grab someone and try and run away with them but it doesn't really work that way mm-hmm. or you just have to like find vantage points and sometimes the inside of that room will have like a floor with grates that like spits out it's fire and, oh yeah i had like, one that spits out fire and yeah. so i'm like constantly like and then the archers were appearing on the top yes. level yeah. uh it was really cool i was in one of those battles and i was i had the guy down to really low health but then he struck a final blow against me but it cut to this like thing where right when he was about to strike me one of the orc that i have uh dominated came in and killed him uh, so right when i was about to die and so that ended that castle and i was like all right you're the overload now like you just saved my life so, like you run this castle now so that was just really cool like that is it cool. just came out of nowhere especially because that should be different for everyone yeah totally it's like it's a really tactical game that i think even people who don't like Lord of the Rings or care about Middle Earth will probably still really enjoy. Yeah. And, you don't and that need, was the first game too. Yeah, and you don't need to know Lord of the Rings or even play the first game in order to understand. Like it catches you up on the story really quick and then there are like nods to Shelob and the Ringwraiths and, and the Barlog, Balrog. Balrog. Corey Balrog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Halfway through it just devolves into a, a quick War. discussion about God of War. Yeah, be great. Um, and so there's stuff like that but yeah, you can totally go in blind. Like I'm a fan of the movies but I, I read the books as a kid but I don't really know like the lore or anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's really good. I'm glad it came out a couple weeks before Assassin's Creed because I feel like those are the two big open world games this fall. I mean, Mario is technically open world, but it feels very different. So I'm just glad I'm getting uh, Shadow of War out of my system before, yeah, totally. before the madness because, yeah, we're just hitting a point now where we were talking about this when we were getting coffee about how we feel almost pressured every week to play the newest things so that we don't get left behind. I'm yep. already overwhelmed. Yeah. 
Like I, you know, always thinking about it's pretty much always October, November that's like it, stuff gets really hard. And it's like I already I'm like, oh, I'm behind <laughs> because I just started Persona 5 and that was probably a bad idea. But like there's there's already a big list of stuff that I haven't finished. And I'm like, what? how do I? Yeah. You haven't jumped into Destiny yet. Yeah. And like and Evil like Within this, comes out like, at the end of the week. Oh, man. Yep. Yeah. It's insane. It's already happening. Yeah. You got Zelda out of the way real quick. That, the, did. You did that in a good four, four days. days. Yeah. That was a good move yeah. on my behalf. Yeah. I still haven't beaten I still it. Horizon, though. So. Yeah. I still haven't beaten Zelda yeah. either. Oh, really? Well, I'm like 200 and something hours in. I'm 100% in literally everything I can do. Well, except the only thing I haven't... Well, never mind. This is a PlayStation podcast. Did you not yeah. want to finish it? No, I, just, I, I want to do everything else. He's I keep finding new stuff. He's afraid of He's afraid of <laughs> yeah, Pikmin. He's um, really? yeah, he's <laughs> going to be so easy for me at this point, though. But when's yeah. the Horizon Zero Dawn DLC? That's pretty really soon. November. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's about a month away. Oh, and then in December, the Game of the Year edition comes out with... Uh, the core game and all the DLC. And, and that's awesome. From the, yeah. Yeah, God, that's, I totally, when I was saying there's, that's the only other open world game left this year, I'm like, man, yeah. I wonder how long Frozen Wilds is going to be. Like, we don't know. Like, there hasn't been a, no one said that it's like Lost Legacy where it's six hours, but I feel like it's going to be a lot longer. Like, is it a new area in the existing open yeah. world or is it standalone? Well, I think that you have to have owned Horizon to play it. I don't actually know. But I don't know the answer to the And I don't even mean that by standalone, but I just mean, like, do we know yet if it's like a separate. I mean, I, I, I believe, believe it's a new area. I, I Climate wise, I think it's a separate area. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, speaking of other big games coming out this fall, uh, we got to play the Battlefront 2 beta over the weekend. Uh, that was, uh, I believe, it launched on Wednesday for people who had pre ordered the game and then on Friday went public to uh, anyone. So, on PS4, on Xbox One, and on PC. And then they extended it. And then they extended it a couple days. Um, Andrew, you and I got to, we did a lot to play of it and we got to play a, a bunch. Yeah, you got to play. So, what did you guys think of it? I, I mean, I, had, I like in modes I don't like. Yeah. yeah, I had played it at E3 and Gamescom a little bit. Um, yeah, I haven't played everything for sure. I haven't played any campaign yet at all. Um, I played Neither. Starfighter Assault at Gamescom. I like that. Um, and then in the beta, yeah, I played uh, or we played like a co-op mode that was what galactic assault no we played this we played a small like yeah called strikes it was like little yeah yeah yeah. i think the mode that you guys played is one of the ones that i don't like yeah i mean the the thing is the thing we played was a really small it was let's play of that yeah right now yeah that's true beyond um it was all contained onto just the innards of feed of the palace yeah isn't that interesting of an area plus we were fighting against bots so we weren't even playing online so it was like especially like yeah but i mean like i i think like mechanically like what I like a lot of what it's doing upgrade wise. Um, and, and we can get into, I mean, we'll talk about kind of the loot boxy aspects of it soon, but like, as far as like when you have the currency to spend, I, I like the way upgrades work in that game. Totally. I like it's better than everyone finding a token. Yeah. 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 And like, I do think character classes feel totally distinct. Like, in playing as a hero still feels dramatically better and different and more powerful than playing as like yeah. a normal scrub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the classes feel distinct when you're playing them, but they don't look distinct. Like the yeah. battle droids all look yeah. so similar with just very like really slight shades of color, yeah. which makes visually surveying what you're shooting at difficult. Yeah. But like well, the clone so- army is like distinct. Like it's yeah, like you but, have like, but like, I feel like it's the game can never be competitive if they don't fix the fact that what you you'll jump in, start fighting something, and not know if that's a heavy or if that's sure. a soul. Yeah. Like uh, the I don't know if I'm crazy, but I feel like droids have smaller hitboxes. Like I feel like if thinner. I was playing yeah. against droids, that doesn't necessarily mean they sure. do though. But I feel like it was harder for me to find them. Yeah, and like even when you do find them, because they like kind of blend in more. Like shooting them seemed to be like slightly harder. I don't yeah. I don't know if I'm right about that, but it'll be interesting to actually see if that's true or not. Yeah. But I liked the, uh, I think that was the one called the Galactic, Galactic Conquest or Assault. And that was the one where it was uh, tiered objectives where uh, the clone troopers or the 
battle droids are pushing in on Theed, trying to get this tank to the palace, and then the clone troopers are trying to hold back. And and it had different objectives to where at first you're trying the the battle droids are trying to protect the tank, and the clone troopers are trying to destroy it, and then eventually if they push forward enough, it, it reverses roles and defense becomes offense. And there are a lot more objectives, even like or, or maybe the objectives because they like move, they mm-hmm. feel more purposeful. Like yeah, almost every game mode. Now. Yeah, totally. For that, um, but yeah, I, I still think Starfighter Assault is my favorite mode, but a lot of people don't like that because they get disorientated or like blow up quickly. Yeah, I think yeah. it just takes a little while to get used to. Yeah, but I think that that is kind of to the game's credit that there's a mode for everyone. Yeah. People can pick it. Yep. And I yep. think like, I, I do think like the, that was one of the strengths of the first game. Like, cause like Walker Assault in the first game is pretty similar to the mode we played here where it's like the same exact idea where it's like you're basically defending or um, attacking like a wa- an AT-AT yeah. in that yeah. game. And then here, like, I think like, I, I totally agree that they're tailoring it to different play styles. Like there are modes I'm just never going to play when I, yeah. when I pick a battlefront and then there are other modes I'm really into. Yeah. I just love it. It's also like this level you're looking at right now uh, is absolutely gorgeous. The starfighter level is, is absolutely stunning. Yeah. And the same thing with feed, like, like going around Naboo outside, like it looks almost as good as it did in the movie. Yeah. Like probably I mean, it better. Might better yeah. It's so <coughs> I mean like that game, the sound design, sound design is amazing. Everything is like, I, it, it's like, so it, it feels like when like 360 first came out or whatever, like, and I remember just like looking at textures and being like, how'd they do that? Like, yeah. and this game gives you that feeling occasionally where I just look at something. I'm like, God, that looks so Yeah. The good. light coming through the leaves, just yeah, simple things exactly. like that. Like what Darth Maul's lightsaber looks like when he illuminates it. Yep. Um, yeah. I'm just excited because we know this like content wise this game has so much more than the original battlefront yep. and so i'm just excited to explore all of these different worlds that span the three uh trilogies and then also you know play as the different characters and different classes and just sort of like i'm not the most competitive multiplayer guy but i do want to see everything this game has to offer i'm gonna be honest i think that i'm probably gonna see everything it has to offer and then almost never play it again yeah that's the way I kind of feel about this specific game. Like, there's definitely multiplayer shooters that I really cling to. I don't think this is one of them. I can't really, like, say why, but I don't think I'm going to get super invested in it. But I am yeah. really excited about the That's, fact that it has a campaign. The, yep. the weird thing for me in the first game was I totally felt the same way and, and kind of still feel the same way. But, like, it hooked me for, like, a month and a half yeah. just because of Star Wars. Like, as stupid and service level as that That's is, totally like, exactly. there's this feeling of, like... Like, I used to be really into Call of Duty, like, in college or whatever, when I had enough time. Um, this hooked me. Battlefront 1 hooked me in a way that the game hasn't in a while. Yeah. And I eventually broke it, and I never went back. But it's just, like, broke while it. I was caught in that loop. Broke the game? Like, broke well, the habit. Max and Brian the habit. both played it. They played it a ton, and those guys yeah. don't play multiplayer right, shooters. Yeah. It's the exact same reason, right? Star Wars, yeah. And yeah. Like, it definitely controls well, and, like, it, it's... It's good. It's yeah. just, uh, for whatever reason, this isn't the kind of multiplayer that I wanted. Yeah. yeah. I just like or the I fact that, that this this fall, like we have such different multiplayer experiences in terms of shooters. Like yeah. Destiny is so different than this, which is so different than what Call of Duty is trying to do. Yeah, and the then PUBG. I'm excited about is still Wolfenstein. Yeah. Same. Honestly. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm super excited for the campaign in this. And full disclosure, our friend and former colleague, Mitch, is co writing it. But um, I like the fact that they haven't, they've been sort of playing their cards close to the vest. Like we know it stars Ad Inversio and we know. She's an imperial officer, but we don't really know what we're doing in the campaign yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think uh, the thing that I'm most excited about is them like fleshing out or trying to humanize the dark side. I think yeah. that's going to be really, really hard for them to do, and I'm really interested to see that. And there's this one trailer that has a quote that I really don't like. It's like, like, why don't the rebels give up? And then someone just says, because they have hope. Or something like that that I just think is ridiculous. Well, that was the name. What if there's a character named Hope or like a weapon, it's like a gun? Hope. It's that like a, there's right. a gun named Hope. That would be okay. We have a freelance writer named Hope. Do you think it's her? Yeah, Hope was a character. Yeah, yeah. Could he be? listens to the show. Hi, Hope. Oh, hi, Hope. Um, Hello. But congrats I did, like, on your pivotal role in the battle <laughs> between the rebellion and the empire. <laughs> Thanks for all you did. Uh, but I think it's like it's going to be 
it's going to be really interesting to see how they actually manage that, yeah. that balance and not make them just seem super evil and like convince me that she's okay. Yeah. And yeah. I'm excited to that. I'm yeah. excited to feel challenged by that, I think. Yeah, same, same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, moving on to other games this fall. As we mentioned, uh, Evil Within 2 comes out on Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not going to get that for a little bit. So um, doing a live stream of that tomorrow. Oh, yeah. well, today. Is that today or tomorrow? What day is it going up? Tuesday. It's Tuesday then. Okay. It's today. We did, Alana did a live stream that you can watch the VOD of. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll have a lot more on that, obviously, next week. But then uh, another game that's coming out this week, which you may not have heard of, is a game called Echo, which came out a couple weeks ago. That's on one of the crazy title screen, right? Steam. Yeah, that, one, oh, that game's title screen is screen. so oh, cool. Good. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The title screen, yeah. for everyone who wants to know, is just a giant eyeball. Yeah. And you move the iris around, and uh, you like that's how you select things. But everything on the menu is invisible unless you move the iris around. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's super really cool. cool. It's really cool. It's like I would just never play the game. I just mess around with that menu. I did that for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> then it was uh, like we're an hour into the live stream. You really need to. Play. <laughs> so Echo was a terrible game to stream. Actually, yeah. when we I chose to stream it because I was really interested in the concept of it. It was a terrible game to stream because people didn't really understand what was happening. And I can see that um, that this is a game that I don't think you should necessarily watch gameplay of, and then be like, this doesn't look interesting to me. I think you actually need to kind of invest in it but it basically you get dropped or you're trying to find this planet that's that's mythical and uh it's this giant machine that's the size of a planet basically Mm -hmm. giant computer that's also a mansion so it's already weird but (laughs) you just keep adding things giant mansion computer and you're trying to find the context of it doesn't matter but the fact that it's a machine does so you get to it you like turn this thing on it's like a little bit broken and then you get inside of it and it's this just big mansion where everything kind of looks the same, which is my biggest criticism is that every level is very, very similar looking. It's like white, huge holes, looks very, very fancy, looks kind of like old English style. You see it there. So it all looks exactly like that. But when you reboot it, because it has these issues, uh, it's, it's A, trying to get you out of being in there. So you're in there trying to find a thing, trying to get as deep into this thing as you can, which is effectively a labyrinth. You're like ostensibly so a virus in this program. Effectively. And it's trying to get rid of you. And the way that it does that is by replicating you. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're seeing here is like its attempts to replicate you because it hasn't necessarily ever had a human inside of it before. Um, I think, nice. <laughs> I think that it hasn't ever had anyone in it. Um, didn't get to the end of the game, so I don't know. So it's like, okay, I recognize this is a threat. I'm going to learn from this threat on how to kill it because yeah. I've never had to do this before. So all of these things keep spawning that as you get further through the game, slowly actually do look more and more like you. Like they pick up your likeness more, which is like in itself very, very cool. But they also learn from what you do. So... If you shoot your gun, which is great, it's one hit kill, but it also shoots through. So if there's like a line of three and you shoot, it'll kill all three of them. If you do that, when the computer reboots for the next time, which it does because it's broken, they will know how to do it. So basically, anything you do, you can teach the AI because that's the defense mechanism. And then the computer will shut down, go completely black. And then when it turns back up, they will have learned to do the things that you did previously. Not necessarily all of them, but it's usually like four or five and then it reboots and then they know how to do it. And that in itself means you have to think about everything you do. So like if you walk up to someone and you like stealth take them out from behind, that means they can do that to you, which is terrifying. It's like probably one of the scariest things to do. Sometimes you need to do it because to get your objective, which is like collect a certain amount of orbs or just like get through this room or whatever, you need to take some of them out because they can kill you pretty quickly. So the worst... Just to paint a picture, the game is a, it's like a third person. It looks like Metal Gear or sort of Hitman. Anyone who's watching the video will have just seen the, the gameplay, yeah. but um, yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's very simplistic. It's former stuff. Eidos Montreal people, right? It's or, a bunch of people who worked on, on Hitman, Hitman um, but it's a yeah. pretty small team, I think. Uh, 
And so, yeah, when, when you're teaching them all of this stuff, you have to, it's not immediately obvious, but you have to figure out what you are going to teach them. So say there's a level where you just want to get from one end to the other end and you don't want them to attack you in the level, like the room beforehand or whatever, you would um, eat a grape and play an instrument and like just do a bunch of stuff that will keep them occupied so that they will do all of this stuff so you can just walk through the room without any of them <laughs> I love noticing that. You. So cool. But sometimes you need them to do things. So uh, there's a level where you have a bridge that you can only operate from the other side. So you'll need to teach them how to turn one of the bridges on. So because they're trying to do things, they will turn a bridge on and get you to the other side. And because you only have a limited amount of things you can teach them before each reset, you have to be like, okay, I need to be able to do this, this, and this to get to the end of this room. So these are the things that I need to teach them. And you can't really waste any of the things that you teach them while also trying not to die. Can you, you, yeah. So it's like, if you get to a room and you're like, I need to teach them how to open a bridge or whatever, but you didn't in the previous room, can you still, or do you have to go back you can. So it'll reset every time you've, te- you've taught them like four or five things. Okay. So that's what it's based on. It's not a timer or anything. So gotcha, you could gotcha. just in that room, you would, you would have to be like, okay, well, they need to do this one thing. I can't go back to the other room. So I'm going to reset this bridge. And then for the rest of it, like you could take one out. Uh, you could run, teaching them how to run. Yeah. There's like, you could just like fill it with or jump or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like hard reset. You can't be like, all right, I did the bridge, hard reset. You, yeah, like manual like teaching, reset? Teaching themselves, okay. but they will still always know how to do everything you did beforehand. And you will always have to do stuff. Like yeah. you're always going to have to like open a door or vault or like use an elevator or something like that. There's always going to be stuff that it's, you have to do. That is such a cool, interesting new take on yeah. like AI and almost like I think it's programming really cool. as a mechanic. You yeah, can teach really them smart. literally anything you can do, they can do. And it's smart in the way that there's these like balls that you can pick up that are melee weapons. And we were like freaking out about using one of those because the logic was like, those are really, really scary. If you, you pick one up, you hit someone over the head with it, they die. It's like, we don't want them to be able to do that. But then we figured out that if we never picked up the ball, then they, and then we attack someone with it, they would never know how to pick it up. So mm. if we pick up the ball in, in one round and then like go the next two and then use it, they they could they see won't how to even use understand, it, but, but they don't know how. Oh, to do that's it. really cool. So, it's so like you don't can, reset, like the, your inventory doesn't reset. Or no, anything you don't reset at all because you're you're actually you're a physically human. Yeah, there. Thing. Um, yeah. And it's just the crashing that's making them reset. Yeah. So it's like basically you you can figure out those kind of things in advance and be like, well, I want to be able to use this in in like two turns or whatever, so you can do that. Mm-hmm. And there's a good title where, too. Echo. Oh yeah, I mean that like given the gameplay. Yeah. 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 Then the stuff like you'll need to like cross water, but they won't be able to cross water and there could be tons of them in a room and you're like, okay, well, if I cross the water, then they all can and I'm screwed because there's too many of them. Yeah. Like, is there another way around or should I cross the water? Like, it's it's really thoughtful and it's weird because looking at gameplay, I think it kind of just looks like a third person shooter, basically. Yeah. Like, it, But it's totally not. It's a puzzle game. And I think it's a really smart puzzle game. It's apparently only like six, seven hours long. Nice. Yeah. It definitely has shades of like the VR missions, Metal Gear VR totally. missions or like volume the the follow up to Thomas was alone. Yeah. Um yeah, that seems really cool. I Super really want to check it out. It. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't finish it, but I am also really interested in the story, so. Yeah. Hopefully it was uh just fittingly uh a lot of the the way it sort of deals with the concept of AI and teaching a machine things sort of goes in line with Near, which is something that you finally got to finish also ish maybe i don't necessarily agree with that but yes i did finish Nier. you don't agree with like the the logic of assigning things in Nier? not really really okay. machines things no yeah i did finally finish Nier. i put 50 hours into the game and i got i don't know maybe half of the endings i'm not sure but i did like spend extra time trying to get extra endings and uh yeah i had to finish it three times because i was on painkillers and then i would finish it and then i would forget what happened and then i would be like <laughs> 
damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to finish this game forever. And I couldn't remember what happened. So I'd have to finish it again. But, uh, yeah, the, the ending of Nier is insane. And that game is, you know, the first playthrough is so vanilla that when you get to the end, I was like, wow, I did not realize how deep this goes. Yeah. Like, wow, it's everything that happens is interconnected and it's interconnected from stuff that happened like 10,000 years ago. And, and it's like every single line of dialogue means something like it's such an intricate narrative. And I was so impressed by it. It's also just... I don't think it's a game that is for everyone. I absolutely don't think that. I think it's ugly is probably one of the, the things that hurts it the most. And it's also just some of the gameplay was infuriating because it's a lot, a lot of tapping, just a lot of like smashing a button over and over again. And that sucks. But it gets a little better as you, you upgrade. It does get easier and you really got to upgrade your weapons to make that kind of stuff easier. But um, yeah, for anyone who wants like a really meaty narrative, I like totally recommend you playing And like all the boss fights are cool. I really like all the characters. And yeah, I was really satisfied with the ending. Yeah. There's also like an extra ending where... Uh, there's like a bullet hell that's the credits, so you have to like shoot all the credits. But that's I didn't end cool. up finishing that. But I think I'll probably go, go there's back a, and there's try. There's an ending of the Katamari Damacy where you have to roll up all the credits that's and right. you roll up all the countries on the planet. Yep. Yeah. It's Pretty just, much that. It's just like that. Yeah. Pretty it's a one to one match. Yeah. Uh, just like Katamari. And then uh, Andrew, this wasn't a, a PlayStation game, although we want it to be a Vita game. But you were playing a lot of Golf Story. Mm. Yeah, I've been playing a ton. So I mean, in terms of you, you were also you were the, the big champion of everybody's golf. You were on that everybody's golf yeah. train real early. I love golf games, man. I, I, everybody's golf. I, I I hate real life golf, but I, I I'm a big fan of Mario Golf and Hot Shots. You hate golf? I'm so weirded out when it's not. It's that. not that I hate golf. I just don't like golf. You Does just that make get sense? drunk. That's why people play golf. Well, that's miniature golf, though, right? No, you get drunk and play like actual real golf. golf. Never, yeah, yeah, I know and that. And you're just like out in in the sun. I was think of it as like drink driving because you have one of those buggies. It's so much fun. I always think of it as like the owner of the Dallas Cowboys trading a player to the, the owner of the yeah, you know, the other with football those boys team. Playing golf, they're super drunk that whole day. Yeah, it sounds about right. Actually. Yeah, but I feel like you got to be real affluent to play drunk golf. Yeah, that's true. You don't have to be good at it. No, affluent. Money. Oh, no, not really. Oh, it seems like it. I'm still just laughing at the idea of the, the Shadow of War universe seeing someone hold a balloon for the first time and not know what to do. <laughs> That was like 20 minutes ago. I've just been thinking about it. It's a pretty good goof. Uh, anyway, golf story. Yeah, but it has sausage rolls in it. It does. It's very Australian, actually. You would probably like it, it quite a bit. Made? Yeah, yeah. It, it's made by like like a very very small team. I think it's only a few people. And um, I mean, it's yeah. a large team, but they're all very it's, small. It's. I hope it does come to. I, yeah, that's true. They're they're very very short. Being just very small. Seven year olds. I hope it comes to something else. It, it's really really fun. It's what is uh, it on? just Switch. Just Switch just right Switch. now. Yeah. yeah, but it's not I, like I, Nintendo doesn't have an exclusivity deal. We think. As far it. as I know, yeah. I think it's coming to everything else. It'll come to I would imagine, I mean, maybe not Vita, even though this does seem totally like the game that would have been on Vita three years yeah. ago. Um, but I think this is going to come to PS4 eventually. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, I mentioned it last week, but like I put whatever 40 hours into Dangarampa 3 on Vita and like Persona dancing, Persona 3 dancing, Persona 5 dancing are still coming. Like, I guess there are still Vita experiences coming. It just seems insane to me. Like, I, I imagine that's diminishing returns on the support for it. But we'll see. Yeah. It'd be cool. May it rest in peace. Rip. <laughs> I wonder if, like, because of the success of the Switch, like, more people are interested in picking up Vita's again now, though. I don't think so. I think the thing is, maybe all of those, like, aside from exclusives, like you're mentioning, like, all the indies are coming over to Switch. Like, Switch is getting, like, it got Stardew Valley and has SteamWorld Dig. That are playable on Vita. Now people are like, I recognize the quality of the Switch. Like, I want to play Final Fantasy on Portable. Yeah, I think it's more like, I think Vita just 
doesn't fulfill the promise quite as well as the Switch does of like take it anywhere because it's like there's a lot of games with cross save but it's just a little more cumbersome. Yeah, yeah the the Vita connection with PS4 plus the Wii U, cool. but they both but they both felt like half measures to what yeah. like the Wii is finally to, doing. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, some games Switch, nailed it. Yeah. Like there there are games that are 100 the Switch promise of you can play it on the go, Dang come home, play it on it. Dangrappa is cross-saved, it's not cross-buy. So you would have to buy it twice yeah. to do that. Guacamelee uh, did that really well. Guacamelee is All-Stars, actually. Yeah. yeah. But like there again, there are a lot of those games that weren't cross-buy. Yeah. So it's it like you, you still had to own two versions of it to do that. Yeah. Whereas there, there are games that are cross-buy, cross-saved, but I, I, I don't know. It's, it's not like built into the system, obviously. Yeah. I miss yeah. Sound Shapes. Me too. Sound Shapes is so it's My so favorite good. thing about Sound Shapes was if you got the trophies in one version and then transferred your save to like PS3 you and Vita, you, you didn't have to do anything. The so you would get like 15 uh, silver trophies every time. Great. So the game is absolutely stunning. It's amazing to listen to. It's so unique. And that's your favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. That criticism. Monster. Sound Shapes is really good. And yeah. that back level, I guess. The back level is really good, too. We're like, it says, ooh, and it goes. Yeah, yep. yeah that was my Great description things. of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no natural transition to this. We mentioned it earlier. Uh, one of the big topics this week so has nothing. been. Uh, no, not. That's the next one. Oh, I uh, the, uh, a lot of people have been talking about uh, microtransactions and loot boxes this week, uh, both in terms of, I think, unfairly with Shadow of War mm-hmm. and then fairly, in my opinion, with uh, Battlefront 2. Uh, so go over some of the Shadow of War stuff. Uh, there is a relatively aggressive uh, microtransaction and loot box system in the game where you can buy... Uh, with real money, you can buy a currency called gold, and that's the only way to, you can't earn the currency. And then you can get loot boxes or like double XP bonuses, and those boxes will give you like rare orcs that you can then add to your Urkai army or like perks for those orcs. That being said, I've whatever 25, 30 hours in the game, I've also earned all of that. And the thing is, earning orcs is fun. Like, that's the thing yeah, I like yeah. doing. And we just saw it in the Let's Play. Like, in, in our Let's Play, you get a legendary one. Yeah, legendary orc appeared, and yeah. we fought him and then dominated him, and he's ours now. Like, people seem very confused about it. So, you have to spend money to get legendary yeah. orcs, but that is not. So, there was, yeah, there was some incorrect uh, initial reporting, and then a lot of people jumped on it because the game hadn't been out yet, so you weren't able to verify sure. it. Um, and so, yeah, while I feel that you can easily get enjoyment out of Shadow of War and, and without spending a single dime, and I have been, uh, uh, some people are worried a little bit about what the microtransaction and loot box system looks like in Battlefront 2. Yeah, where it right now, the way that it stands, or the way that the beta was, which like they very openly said would not be reflective of the final product, is that it's kind of pay to win. Yeah. So you can buy loot boxes which give you like weapons and, and cards and, and skins. Skins. Skin. 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 Have we ever spoken about that? Uh, Maybe there, we should just gloss over it and that'll just be a weird part of this podcast sure. that everyone's there, like, why'd they say skin weird? There's a good Twitter video you can find, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like it better without context. <laughs> so you can get stuff and the idea is that especially in the early days of the game, like someone who has spent the money to get weapons and get better stuff is going to have a better loadout than people who try to earn it naturally. Mm-hmm. And it, it gets more intense than that. And like you can pay to get more cards and the more cards that you get and, and cards can do things like they can increase like damage from 2% to 10% if you're on like the fourth card. Yeah. So it's like, it's like pretty significant things like that. Like there's one where at level four Boba Fett um, is immune to fire when he's like shooting rockets in the air. Yeah. While floating. And it's like, Oh, okay. So you're just invulnerable. At this right. Point. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of things that are really significant in those cards. And basically with the way that you can purchase things, you can, you have more of a chance of getting rare cards straight up because you're purchasing things, mm-hmm. but you also can use bad cards to upgrade your other cards, or you can basically use like resources to upgrade your other cards. So it's like, 
you have access to stuff that people could earn in game natively, but you can get it all way, way faster than anyone else. And and when it's competitive, it's very different. Like I can't think of another multiplayer shooter that has this kind of thing. I mean, I think it's really big in uh, like the mobile space. I think yeah, for a while, pay to win yeah. became a bigger thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, so Tom Marks, our PC editor, has a, a editorial up that you can read on IGN that I think lays it out pretty well. I think it's totally fair, and he just kind of runs through like why he feels this is problematic. Yeah. Um, and it it's a slippery slope. I think like I don't. I think you're totally right. This is a beta. We don't know what the final game will be like, but like it's definitely concerning if if the way it seems like it works is how it actually works because like. I don't know like at the end of the day i guess it's not that big of a deal if if someone could spend money and have a competitive advantage because it's just a game but it's like at the same time like it seems unfair to say you can play for 200 hours or you can spend 50 sure. bucks, i mean that's the know? thing is when you look at some of the biggest uh competitive games with at least the most concurrence you look at like league and dota and, and PUBG and overwatch and those all have loot box bonanzas that you can spend a ton of money on but it's all aesthetic yeah it doesn't exactly. change how the game plays like be totally fine with like you could spend fifteen hundred dollars or whatever and get your battle royale skin for uh for PUBG, but just fine yeah or you can dress up like the and buffs yeah you can dress up like the protagonist from persona 5 in pokemon go no one would spend money on that yes you look like joker yeah really yeah that's cute i feel like you've shown me your pokemon go character every once in a while and i sort of just i've definitely seen my eye glosses over thanks guys yeah um so, I mean, how do you feel about this? And then also, like, how do you... This is bad. I think this is bad. Like, do you think that this is... Do you think the, the negative backlash is going to sort of rethink this thing? Or do you think this is going to work out? And then all of a sudden, maybe the next Call of Duty is like this. And- I mean, they're not going to stop because... People like, are going to buy it because of Star Wars. That's yeah. the thing. They're, like, so safe on the back of that license that maybe this would be the kiss of death for another multiplayer shooter. But for this, it's like... Mm, well, it's also, it like, anyway. no matter what, right? I, I think, like, the way the industry is right now... Like, like you have it on here, but like Activision in 2016 from microtransactions made over $3 billion just for microtransactions. And it's like that thing of like, I think that even if there's a huge backlash and no one buys Battlefront 2, I don't, that won't happen, number one. But number two, like, I don't see EA just being like, okay, we'll never do a microtransaction ever again. Yeah. Like, they might change how they work, but like, this isn't, I don't think there's any world where feedback to this does that you know negates it entirely i think like developers should be more responsible with it mm-hmm. uh, i think this seems like like ea got a lot of goodwill by being like we don't have a season pass in this game and so great like they're gonna do free content all, like props. The new planets and all the new heroes e- so but it seems like the weird reverse of that is uh, that because that of that it, now yeah. they're trying to get your money in a different yeah. way yeah well and there's also we were talking about in the office today about how the a lot of publishers say the reason uh, for things like this are because games are so much more expensive to make now than they were when we were kids, mm-hmm. and games have gone down in price. If anything, because game, like I bought Chrono Trigger for almost a hundred dollars back in nineteen ninety five or whatever. So the fact that all of these AAA games are only sixty dollars now, um, that's the one of the reasonings behind why they do this. And so people in the office were like, "What if games were just seventy dollars?" And this went away. Prefer that, or if yeah. there's an optional version, like honestly, like I think that's one thing. Like, if you're gonna take something from mobile, this isn't the right thing to take. Take the idea of like a tiered purchasing system, mm-hmm. right? Like, there is there are games where like you can buy a free version and or you can get a free version and just kind of buy as you go, or you can pay one flat rate and just have everything. Mm-hmm. And it's like truthfully, like, yeah, I would I would probably rather just spend 80 bucks and get a full complete game as opposed to buying a $60 game and, and still having to pay little piecemeal purchases. 
Yeah, I think we're at a point where we have to accept that games are going to have microtransactions going forward because it works so well and it makes so much money. Like, it has yeah. to happen. It's just how do they integrate it in a way that works. And I think yep. the way that Dota does it is is excellent. Like, it seems mm-hmm. insane for everyone to not follow that model because no one yeah. gets mad about it. Especially in competitive games. Like, I think, yeah. like, in Shadow of War, like, I guess I understand why people were mad, but, like, that's at least, like, a single-player experience where it seems to be less of a big deal, yeah. at, least to, at least to me personally. I mean, I don't know. I, I understand why people get mad, but it's, like, for Battlefront, like, it, it, it is. Like, it's competitive, and that's weird. Like, it sucks that, like, someone can just spend money and, and beat me immediately. Because yeah. even if you're better than that player. Yeah. Yeah, they could be yeah you absolutely have an advantage. Yeah. yeah. And especially when we get into, like, the esports world, it's really weird because it's, like, are people, like, like can they just spend money and become the best at a game? Like, that seems really bizarre. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if there'll be, like, different restrictions in there for playing this game as, like, an esport, like have to start from scratch and you can't like i don't yeah. know what that looks like but yeah yeah me neither yeah yeah um yeah we shall see and we'll see if uh, ea sort of responds to this what i feel is like a relatively overwhelming backlash at least seeing yeah. it online like seeing the tops like tom's story went up on on friday we have a video up today going up today i think should be we'll see. yeah and then just a bunch of like reddit was filled with with threads about this and yeah. i feel like any so. any minute they issue a statement it's like hey we heard you loud and clear it's gonna be different in the final game and it'll be like a half measure between the yeah. two well it's that or they've already written that before the beta even went live yeah that, i mean that's true too like maybe i don't know maybe this isn't maybe they were just trying to show the breadth of different available purchase options yeah. and, and it won't actually be that easy in the final game yeah. or something i don't know we'll see um but yeah star wars comes out in a little over a month who uh, another game coming out soon uh, is Wolfenstein 2, which has obviously been in development for quite some time, just given how AAA games uh, work. But uh, an interesting thing is that it's become a pretty topical game, uh, mm. sort of through no fault of its own, just given the current climate. And uh, Bethesda seems to be capitalizing on that. They have uh, an ad campaign that centers around uh, Make America Nazi Free Again. I wrote through, I misspelled Nazi here so that's not great Nazi. yeah nazi uh and so the uh, there's been some talks about like is uh is wolfenstein political is it too political is it not political enough and uh bethesda's pete hines said that quote at the time none of us expected that the game would be seen as a comment on current issues but here we are bethesda doesn't develop games to make specific statements or incite political discussions we make games that we think are fun meaningful and immersive for a mature audience in wolfenstein's case it's pure coincidence that nazis are marching in the streets of america this year and it's disturbing that the game can be considered a controversial political statement at all uh this is what our game is about it's about this is what the franchise has always been about we aren't afraid to embrace what bj stands for and what wolfenstein represents when it comes to nazis you could put us down in the quote against column um first of all i want to call them out for saying bethesda doesn't develop games to make specific statements or incite political discussions but then also saying we make games that are meaningful yep yeah those two things don't really go hand in hand yeah i agree i mean it's such a i don't know i'm I'm always so interested in a a political statement through intent and then a political statement through what we glean from games because at a certain point what we take away from an experience with a game or how we play it is different than maybe what the developer intended or like the climate we play a game in might be really different yeah and it's it, i mean i don't know at least for me i, I really don't like this statement because um i mean like good for them for coming out and saying something i guess but it's just like it's really bizarre to me because it doesn't matter if you like yeah it is pure coincidence that nazis are literally marching in the streets but like that's the climate you're releasing this game in and like whether you intended for that timing to work out or not like i think it is irresponsible to put this game out and just pretend you can just be apolitical about it like i think you you can't put this out and ignore the fact that like this is happening that 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 is the real world right now Mm -hmm. so i find it really bizarre that they're like we embrace what bj stands for like no you don't 
Yeah. Like, yeah, cause it's I kind of the opposite of that. But I mean, yeah. the thing is also like, uh, Walt Williams, who was on the show a couple weeks ago, uh, saw this and was tweeting out a couple tweets in a row about how the, in no way, shape or form is the first, the Wolfenstein game that came out a couple of years ago, political. Like just because you uh, you are killing Nazis in a game, that doesn't make you political. That doesn't make you have a stance against something. Yep. No, and I don't expect that this will be like a particularly political game either. And like I do think that the outrage about this having Nazis in it is ridiculous. Because yes, they openly used "Make America Nazi Free Again" as yeah. a Trump reference. Sure. Like it's dumb of them to be like, "Oh, that's a it's an accident. We didn't mean to yeah, make yeah. it currently political." Like you absolutely did that on purpose. But at the same time, Wolfenstein has always been about killing Nazis. And even a big part of American propaganda has always been about killing Nazis. Which, um, yes. well, I feel like killing Nazis wasn't political until 2017. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it's the same as killing zombies or the yeah. same as, you know, killing I mean, it's, robots. It's in Marvel movies, it's like, well, if, uh, if what, what's the, the, the Hydra movie? Captain America, yeah, First Avenger. Is it? The first or, I mean, First Avenger and yeah. uh, Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if they had come out now, would people be like, but... But the Nazis, yeah. like it's the you're, but I mean, but red skull I out. think that's kind of what I'm saying though. It's like I I think the the part that doesn't sit well with me, like it is a marketing thing. I, th- I think to some extent, Walt's right that it's like it's not. It's almost like it is about the game itself, obviously. But I feel like they can't have their cake and eat it too, right? Like I, if you're if you're leaning into like make America Nazi free again, and you're referencing the marches on the streets, then you can't also be like, but none of that matters to, in the game. It's not political. Like like either be a part of the world or don't you know yeah, and i feel like you, the game's already been made like, yeah i don't know that yeah. they would the marketing is political i don't think the game is yeah, yeah. i think like you, you just I think is is silly like, well i'm gonna play it and yeah. i'm sure i'm gonna yeah we've talked literally yeah. earlier today we were t- oh, earlier on the show we were talking about how we're absolutely one game. of my most anticipated games of the year yeah. i love the first one like i'm super excited to play it but and i what i played it but i love but i like i i agree that it's kind of <sighs> cowardly maybe it's also just disingenuous like clearly about nazis and we're using like current politics you know they're they're using they're being extremely political in the marketing for a game that they're saying isn't political so my my biggest issue with this is just i just i feel like it's not like dishonest but it's just like you you have to pick a side basically like you have to either use the game to make a statement and then sell it as a game that makes a statement or sell it as not i guess like i don't know i don't i don't I just it, it feels like the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Is kind yeah. of issue. Yeah, part of me wonders if like there are games that are political and that do make a statement. Yeah, but I think they're few and far between, especially mm-hmm. when compared to especially other mediums, and especially when compared to music or literature or TV and movies. Um, yep. And a part of that is that the the medium is in its infancy compared to those other arts. Um, but you also you see a backlash a lot from people who are like, "Keep your politics out of my game," and I'm like, "Well, that's this is art. That's going to yep. happen with art." Yeah, um, and I think like that you should want that. You should want that. Like Hideo Kojima makes political games, like mm-hmm. Sons of Liberty and Snake Eater, and, and Guns of the Patriots are a hundred percent political games. Uh, Neil Druckmann makes political games, um, and so like even I don't know whether you like it or not, these people want to make these things. I think it's just a little bit tougher because yeah, I think with Wolfenstein they didn't necessarily want to make a political game. It just happens that they were like, well, we can't. Maybe we have to address this in the market. Like I don't know. It's such a yeah. it's such no, a I, weird I, position I, they put themselves in. Exactly. I think that's exactly what happened. You see, I, I think... you see that with Far Cry Five as well. Yeah. Like yeah. Far Cry 5, like they, well, they, they did it on purpose, though. They did what on purpose? They made it, they made that game relevant to current politics. Whereas I don't, like Wolfenstein is just Wolfenstein. It's been like yeah. 30 years, right? Yeah, and I have no idea how successful or unsuccessful Far Cry 5 will be at saying something, but I do feel like it's trying to say something. Whereas, yeah, like, I don't think Bethesda's- it's going to say anything. 
Like I don't. I think it's going to try. Ubisoft I mean, Ubisoft games so rarely say yeah, anything. But that's the thing I mean, is like they even in the marketing wise they're like, ooh, no, it's not. This is about a cult. It's a cult. It's just about a yeah. cult. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just hard in you know like we were just talking about you have to add microtransactions to games in order to uh, you know equal out the costs of AAA development, and so that's people are afraid to alienate when it comes to games this expensive. When it comes to any art this expensive, like yeah. I don't know. I I always think it's a a miracle when something a giant uh, uh, you know, summer blockbuster or a giant two hundred million dollar blockbuster movie is able to actually say something because that happens seemingly so few and far between. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, it's, it's I don't know. It's such a weird conversation that we have to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be I'll be fascinated to see what the game does or doesn't have to say and and yeah. where it lands. I don't think it's going to say anything political. Yeah, I, I mean, think it's going to be super fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's what they're saying here is like. Yeah, and the story seems cool. It. Like the characters seem great. Like oh, I'm, yeah. up to everything we've played so far, we've said ad nauseum that we're super excited for the game. I just yeah. I don't know. To me, that's like again, you can't release this game in this climate and pretend that you're you have nothing to say. I don't know. I I think that's weird. Totally understand mm-hmm. where you come from. Mm-hmm. Totally think they're going to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think you're right. I don't think he's saying you can't. As <laughs> yeah, they yeah, won't. exactly. Yeah, you won't. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, thank you guys uh, so much for tuning in this week. Uh, you can find us all on Twitter. I'm at Nick Bigotty. Alana is at Charlanazard. Andrew is at Garfep. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to plug? I'm actually going to make a video about this exact thing on my personal channel this week if you want to check that out. But um, yeah, otherwise, Let's Plays up every single Thursday. Uh, the one this week was a little bit late just because I was out of office last week. But um, the next one is. Shadow of War, and uh, yeah, they're doing super well. Um, I think that they're really funny, <laughs> and people in the office have said that they're like some of the, their favorite things coming out IGN right now. So if you guys haven't seen those, please check them out. They're at youtube.com slash IGN. Yeah, Beyond. the more Lots you support them, the more we're able to do them. Exactly. I'm like, I keep pushing it because I like making them so much, and I think we all have so much fun making them that we don't want it to get to a point where some higher up is like, they're not viewing well enough, and we have to cancel them. So yeah. like, please watch them so we can keep doing them because they're very fun. Yeah. If you cool. have suggestions for things. We've been doing all sort of uh, new release games or, or things that just dropped. Uh, we might adapt that a little bit, you know, yeah. going forward. If like if there's a slow season, maybe we're going to pick up yeah, know, totally. some other stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah. absolutely reading all the comments on all of them. So yeah, I think there's some fun stuff we can do for like game of anniversary I stuff. Have and, cool and, yeah. stuff yeah. planned for the holidays while people are out. Ooh. So we have some like fun multiplayer games that hopefully like what else and get to fan. What? A white elephant gift exchange. <laughs> I mean, we could. We Let's can, we play white elephant gift exchange. Well, there's, there's no cops. Yeah. There's no yeah. YouTube cops. No. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you can find those uh, on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash IGN Beyond. Uh, and that is also where we post Rapid Fire every Saturday morning. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, like yeah. a cartoon. Yes. Exactly. Like a Saturday, like a Saturday morning, morning cartoon. cartoon. Beautiful. We've said that multiple times. Yeah, I was wondering. Oh. That's that, how like, people have advertised it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. On brand. Sorry. No, good job. You did good. Uh, All right, so for Alana and Andrew, uh, this is Marty. This is Beyond, episode 514, and we'll see you all next time.